Yo, yo, welcome to the Joe Vin Sports Show. Today we're going to be talking about NFL free agency, NFL combine, a little bit of Chris Davis watch, and then we're going to get into our NL West preview. Vinny, we're going to talk about combine first. Who is the big standout to the combine to you? So we talked about it a little, a little bit last time how you know this shouldn't really propel you into a top 10 pick or something like this. It more reaffirms you know who guys are, but second of all, I think it should really um, kind of just reiterate what you see on tape already. Um, the two guys that stand out for me, obviously, this probably what every you know sports show is talking about you know um, today is. Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. I mean, the guy absolutely blew the doors off the place. Um, he was in like the 98th or 99th percentile in pretty much every single category. And even before the draft had st- or the combine had come and gone, like this guy was a top five, top eight pick. So if you had him high up on your draft board or you have one of those top five picks, like he is someone that you you probably can't pass on. I, I mean, he's just an absolute freak. He can play safety. He can come down into the box and nickel situations, play that extra linebacker spot. He could even play your, like, well linebacker and just run and hit. Um, so hopefully he goes to a team where they use him like that defensively. Um, I kind of look at it a little bit like a Derman James or, you know, he's a lot bigger, obviously, but like a Troy Polamalu where you can just move this guy every single play and mismatch and just kind of be able to cover running backs, tight ends. I mean, that's where it's going to come in real handy when you have to play guys like Kelsey and Kittle. Um, He's going to be huge for whichever team drafts him there. So um, I love that kid. The kid completely knocked it out of the park. Yeah, Isaiah Sims is definitely one of those guys that's going to be the eventual, I wouldn't say death of the tight end, but kind of bring tight ends back to where they were maybe 15 years ago. Um, where the mismatch is going to go away. You got this guy, Isaiah Simmons, he's, what, 6'4", 230 pounds, and he got the seventh fastest 40 time in the entire NFL combine so far. And he's a linebacker. Um, so that is just unreal. He's a freak of an athlete. You can't pass on Isaiah Simmons. And the, the weird thing is, you know, with the way the NFL draft goes, what the team needs, he's going to end up dropping probably to, like, 7 or 8. You know, knowing the way the, the NFL draft has gone and he's a linebacker, but the guy's a stud, and someone's going to pick him up that is going to really need him. Well, we'll see, right? Like, I mean, I, I think he's a top five pick for sure. But, you know, how many teams get quarterback crazy? You know, um, do the Lions move out and do, you know, the Redskins move out and all of a sudden you have three, four quarterbacks go in that top five range? You know, you're right. He could push to seven, eight, nine. Um, if he does and you have a CUDA and those guys, I mean, People at six, seven, eight are going to get an absolute freak of a player. Um, I'm with you about like the tight end position. Like I think it's definitely going to diminish when you play against those teams. However, there's not too many Isaiah Simmonsons running around the field. You know what I mean? So that team definitely has an ace up its sleeve when it has to face the Niners or the Chiefs or one of these freak tight ends. But yeah, man, that guy made himself some serious money this weekend. Yeah, and another thing about the this uh, the NFL Combine, like you said, it really um, solidifies what you see on tape. The wide receiver position's definitely been uh, up for grabs. It's probably like six guys people are arguing over who should be the top guy. Henry Ruggs was starting to climb before this Combine even started. Did you see him dunk? No, but his you vertical no, oh, but his vertical gosh. leap, I think he got like third in the vert, as well as his 40 time being a 4-2-7. There I was mean, this weekend high, like like circulating around like he was doing like windmill dunks in high school basketball <laughs> games like the guy should be maybe a two-sport athlete i mean it, it, it gets a freak yeah he's gonna be an asset to whoever grabs him um 
especially with defenders not being able to mug receivers or even lay a hand on them these days. A guy like Henry Ruggs is going to be an absolute freak. Um, as a fan, I just hope he goes to a team with a uh, coach that knows how to utilize wide receivers. Uh, doesn't go to a team where he's stuck, you know, getting his 50 catches a year. And we're going, hey, why is he not producing when his quarterback is crap? He, he's Deshaun Jackson, you know, and his prime where that dude at any point could break it for seven and stretch the field. I mean, you have to have the safety deep, you know, and, and help on whoever that corner is. Um, I forget who, who put the tweet out there, but someone had an awesome point. They were like, I don't know if I've ever seen a, uh, a group of people disappointed at a 4-2-8-4. Like, they <laughs> legitimately thought he was going to break the record. Yeah. The dude is just pure speed. Um, there's, what, maybe two, three corners in the league that can match up with this guy and run with him. So, um, whoever gets him is going to be getting a dynamic, dynamic player. Yeah. So, the receivers, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. you got a guy like uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. He was highly regarded at a high school. Went to Michigan, you know, he underproduced. But, I mean, this guy hit a vertical of 44 and a half inches. Um, that's way up there. His 40 time is really low. The guy has been a combine stud. No one has said he isn't a freak of an athlete. Um, and he played under John Harbaugh, uh, or Jim Harbaugh, sorry, which has proven that receivers just don't really produce under Jim no, Harbaugh. No, the guy doesn't throw the ball past five No, players. so you can't really judge him off tape, which is interesting. You know, it's funny what we talk about, and... You should really get stuff on tape. He is an interesting situation where his tape is not probably going to reflect how good he actually is. Um, he was a five-star guy out of high school, and the guy is outperforming almost everybody at the Combine. So I could see Donovan Peoples-Jones going to a team and kind of being a, a stud because he's a freak of an athlete, 6'5", and he can run. He's going to play day one, and he's going to be like a fourth, fourth fifth-round pick. You know, which yeah. is which is pretty nuts. He probably um, moved himself up this weekend. Could but. be a third, could sweep into that third round, but there's just so many good receivers, man. I mean, you think about even guys like Michael Pittman at USC. I mean, that guy is, you know, I hate to use the USC like breakdown, but he's going to be like a Juju Smith. Like that yeah. guy's a day one starter in the NFL. Um, I mean, I, I think I heard Daniel Jeremiah talk about like there's 25, 30 guys on his draft board at the receiver position that should that have like fourth round grades or, or better. Yeah. So you look at it like every team could get a starting receiver in this draft. Yeah. I mean, that's out, out of this world, you know? And you look at it like it's really bad news for some of these like fringe veteran receivers in the NFL who, you know, are demanding a couple million dollars when you could go get a uh, Donovan People-Jones and get them on a, very, you know, cheap labor in the fourth round, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the question is in the NFL is uh, what quarterbacks are going to throw to you? Yeah. Um, like we were talking before we got together here, the running back position is starting to climb again like it was back when we were growing up. And these players coming out of college right now into the NFL, it's just more proof of that. We got guys like a Jonathan Taylor, which everyone for a while was like, oh, he's at Wisconsin. He's got that offensive line, the running game. Maybe he's, you know, just a system guy. Well, he's proven year in and year out. He's had 2,000 yards three years in a row. Comes into the combine, runs a 4.39, weighs in at like 230 pounds. The guy's an absolute monster. He is literally Ezekiel Elliott when he was coming out of Ohio State. Well, that's what I mean, right, about some of these fringe NFL guys. Take like this situation, for example. If you're the Chargers right now, I almost called them San Diego. If, <laughs> if you're the Chargers, you could either re-sign Melvin Gordon for a huge contract and what he wants with guaranteed money and all this stuff, and he has been you know, known to have some injuries and break down, or you know, in the second round we'll just take Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Like, we'll just take the next great Wisconsin running back for a rookie contract and see you later. So, I think you're going to see some of these veteran contracts, especially at the skill positions. You know, free agency is going to be a little lackluster. Um, 
with some of these deals. You know, the cap's going up, so I get that teams can make that you know that commitment. But there's just too many good skill players in this draft to hit your wagon to a free agent that has question marks. I mean, these guys are hitting the open market for a reason. You know, they're not dynamic, um, you know, A-plus blue-chip prospects or blue-chip guys. You know, you're looking at these secondary players who are hitting the market, and, like, if you could get a young 21-year-old explosive game-breaker for, you know, a tenth of the cost, like, if I was a GM, that's the direction I would go. That's for sure. Yeah, why not? Um, So there's going to be a lot of running backs coming out this year that are absolute studs. Um, You've got DeAndre Swift. He has a freak. Um, he's going to be a number one, uh, a day one guy coming in. Yeah, that that's my biggest takeaway is like, yes, the receiver position has been talked about kind of into the ground and it's going to all the way up to draft that, you know, you can find a starter in the fourth round of this draft for sure. I think the running back position is just as loaded. Um, you know, you've got guys like Swift and Taylor obviously there at the top, but like Cam Akers, uh, Moss. I like Cam Akers, man. Who's on a dwindling Florida State team? I mean, you know that. Well, <laughs> Jimbo left, and a lot of people like transferred suspensions, dude. And he just brought it every Saturday. Like yep. you know, the team was bad. They had a lot of problems. Their coach, you know, got fired. Like they had a lot of issues at Florida State. But this kid showed up every weekend yep. and just delivered. And he was the number one back coming out of high school when he came out. Yeah. So it's not like awesome. he's someone that's coming out of nowhere. Came Akers. Cam Akers will probably end up going third or fourth round, and he will be a guy that will touch the ball a lot this year, and he's going to be a guy you're going to be um, playing a lot on your DraftKings lineups. Well, and like Zach Moss at Utah, like that guy's a hammer. You yeah. know, we're out here on the West Coast, so, you know, we happen to see, you know, a decent amount of Utah games, or at least I did, and the guy's just awesome, man. That guy's going to be a great back for someone. Obviously, like the NFL's gone away from kind of that bell cow guy, but... You know, there's very much he's, he can give you a 500, 800 yard back this year uh, for someone if he gets in the right situation. So the running back position's loaded as well. Um, as far as like the overall prospects, you know, like we talked about, we'll get further into some of these position groups as we get closer to the draft. But I think the offensive line, you know, is a little bit weak this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's not too many guys. There's a few. Um, that are going to go high, and then the rest is, you know, pretty decent players, but nobody that really jumps off the page. So I think you're going to see some of these offensive linemen valued and, and defense alignment go really high um, with the blue chippers, but, you know, and you're going to see eventually that late one, early second, like there's going to be a huge run on running backs and receivers because that's where the value is. So yeah. if you don't have a top five, top seven pick, get out and get more picks, you know, in that day two. Um, that second, third round is going to be gold. That's going to make someone's team uh this season yeah for sure and i think one of the um the crazy things is people are talking right now during the combine more about free agency because of the quarterbacks that are going into free agency this year who the hell is going to throw to all these receivers that are uh going to whatever teams we don't know who's even throwing to these guys yeah um the biggest guy is tom brady obviously you were saying all the chips fall with him once he chooses pretty much chooses where he wants to go because i'm sure every team would want him um, even though obviously he has his, his performance has gone down a little bit last year, maybe his physical skills, all that kind of stuff, but his rings, his leadership, you know, what it brings to a locker room, you know, is unmeasurable. So wherever Tom Brady goes is where, you know, that's going to decide the rest of free agency. Where do you think Tom Brady's going to end up landing? Actually scratch that. Where do you want him to land? Like as a fan, where do you want to see Tom Brady? What uniform do you want to see him wearing? Oh man. Where do I want him to land? Um, well, let's do it this way. I, I I think it's kind of a done deal. He's going to Tennessee. I, I that's right. my pick. The Titans. 
you know, they've made the playoffs the last few years. Um, they've, they have a lot of young guys on that team. Um, obviously, you know, he's super close with Rabel. You know, they were teammates. They have rings together. They're boys. Um, they've got some weapons with A.J. Brown, um, Corey Davis, um, Jonu Smith. They've got the Hammer and Henry, so they've got a sweet running game that can just ground games that he doesn't have to win games, you know. Yeah. He can lean on Henry. Um, and the defense is fine. You know, I think they're, if they get Brady, you could see Vrabel and the Titans going, like, heavy defensively in this draft and bulking that up um but i think the titans are his play it's a weak it's also a weak division you know he could come in the colts you know we're not really sure what's happening there you know like they committed to Brissett. you know after losing luck right before the season last year you know this was a team that was hopefully going to take the next step with luck but obviously that threw a wrench into things um so they're you know they're there houston i mean is Houston just a bunch of pretenders? You know, they're getting older in a lot of positions. Obviously, they've got Hopkins and, uh, you know, Will Fuller when he plays once every five games. Yeah. Um, and Watson's, you know, obviously awesome. But I think Houston's a little bit of pretenders. And then yeah. you've got the Jags who, you know, they suck. So yeah. I think Brady looks at it as like, I can go to Tennessee. I can walk into a division that we can take that down, you know, maybe even get a first-round buy or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know... I think he's looking at it that way. So yeah. I think te- that's my prediction. I think Tennessee is one that people shouldn't be shocked when he signs there. Yeah, and I think Don Brady, I think the most important thing for him is kind of following in Peyton Manning's footsteps. Being able to go somewhere and prove that he can win somewhere else as well. Yeah. We all know with Peyton Manning, during the season, obviously he won those games for the Broncos. He broke God knows how many records for them. But when it came down to the playoffs, it was that Broncos defense that won them those Super Bowls and those playoff yeah. games. You're right. But... You know, Tom Brady's looking for a team that has a defense, has a running game. He's not looking for all the flash. You know, I'm a diehard Raiders fan, and I am done with Derek Carr. You know, just because I really feel like, I mean, he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's going to win you a Super Bowl or get you that next step. But I do feel like Gruden is hitched on him, and I don't think Gruden and Mayock are going to go away from Carr. I think they're going to give him one more chance. I I think Carr has a lot of Alex Smith in him. Where he's gone through like six coordinators, crappy teams, you know, been injured quite a bit early in his career. I'm not making excuses for Carr, but I just don't think he's done yet. As a fan, I'm kind of tired of seeing him try to lead the team every single week. So I would love to see Tom Brady go come out there in a Raiders uniform. You know, it just gives you a little more hope. But I just don't think it's going to happen because that's a lot of publicity for Tom Brady. The Las Vegas Raiders, right? All that stuff. I just don't think Tom's going to do that. So my surprise team that... I don't Wait, think, hold on. Let me okay. just sit on that real quick. Yep. Here's why he's not going to the Raiders. I'll just lay it out for you real quick. He's going to a team where he can win a ring away mm-hmm. from New England. Like, that's his only concern. That guy has no money issues. He's made, you know, $100 million, if not more. He's married to someone who has more money than him. Um, you know, so going to a place for financial reasons, like, that's yeah. not his concern at all. Um He's not going to go to a division, or a team, I should say, that is maybe a borderline, maybe they can squeak into the playoffs. Like, that roster's not ready yet. Right, no, they're young. They're I not, think in, like, two years, I really do think they're going to be a very solid team. I think they're building it the right way. Yeah. Um, so, but this next year, they're not ready to win now. No, he's not He's not going there to, like, be part of a rebuild, no. right? And, like, for this team to figure out an identity, which the Raiders still very much are. And Tyrell Williams, where he's a good player, like, that's his number one option. Right. 
Come on, he's not going to Oakland, or he's not going to Las Vegas. I'm used <laughs> to that. Um, the other reason is he's not going to the same division as Pat Mahomes. Yeah, he's exactly. not a stupid guy. Like, no. why would you voluntarily be like, I'm going to take an up and coming team and challenge the best young quarterback mm-hmm. in the game? So you know, all um, those reasons. So. All those reasons is why I'm going to pick this next team, and then some. It's the Chicago Bears. Ooh, all right. Now, the Bears obviously have underproduced last year and the year before they did great. Their defense is unreal, right? I mean, yeah, they might have taken a step back last year, but they're still a top five defense. And their limiting factor was Mitchell Trubisky. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the Bears... I think teams have gotten smart enough to be like, oh, I, I spent a second round pick on him. I'm going to go all the way. It's like, no, you know or you don't. And I think teams are ready to just say, you know what, screw it. We lost that pick. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. We took our chance. I can see Tom Brady going to the Bears, which are, I think, a team ready to win yep. if they have a quarterback. Um, if Nagy can get out of his own head and actually accept that Brady will run his offense and propel that offense. Well, wherever Brady goes, it's it's Tom's offense. Exactly. He's not going there to like take orders. So Nagy. let's see if Nagy is the one that actually says, you know what, I, even if it's up to him. But another thing is, it's cold weather. Yeah. Brady loves cold weather, man. That guy, even though he's from California, the guy's won in cold weather. The snow games is what he's most famous for, Well, he's right? just unbeatable like, for the most part. Right, <laughs> when he's outdoors in cold weather with a good defense, right? I mean, that mm-hmm. is the Chicago Bears. You know, playing in midway, windy. Like, Tom Brady's not throwing the ball 35 yards downfield. I mean, that it, the situation's kind of made for him. Yeah. I don't think the Bears have much cap space. I think that's the issue with this. And Tom Brady is said they're saying, oh, yeah, the Patriots need to pay him more. I don't know if that's a cop out or what for his like way out, but um, yeah. you're right. I don't think he he doesn't need the money. No, you know now it depends on if it's more of a thing of hey I I've deserved this money because I've taken pay cuts the last ten years. Right. You know there is part of that with any ego and stuff, but I do think the Bears are a solid spot for him, and it's in the NFC. It's away from the Patriots, right? Mm-hmm. He has no risk of even playing them during the year. Yeah, and then maybe in a Super Bowl, but without him, I don't think he thinks they're going to get there. It's not a bad call, man. I mean, I would love to see Brady and Rodgers in the same division battling it out, duking it out. You know, and you're right. Like, cold weather does not scare Tom. Like, I'm sure he doesn't love, like, frigid temperatures like anybody. But I think he looks at it as, like, this is just a challenge. And It's like it's my I, house. <laughs> I, I think, you know, you look at it like the biggest contenders, you know, Minnesota. I mean, you know, they're, they're a really good defense, really good team. But I think that division is still Green Bay and Chicago, you know. And so it's like... I'm going to have to go into Lambeau and win and take this division down. I, I could see that being really appealing to him, too, for sure. Yeah, I just and I think I'd like to see him in a Bears uniform. Seeing him in a Tennessee Titans uniform, it just doesn't really, like, I don't know. I think well, in my mind, it doesn't mesh. Well, he he would then be a god, not only in Boston and the Northeast, he would be a god in Chicago. God of the Midway. If he got them a title, <laughs> you know. For sure, um, and they're the closest to Kansas City, right? Like, you're either a Bears fan or a Kansas City fan if you're living anywhere near that area. Yeah. You know, so it's one of those things where the Mahomes fans, Bears, I mean, it'd be a good competition with those two, AFC, NFC, I mean. It'd be Cool. It'd be yeah. pretty cool as a media thing and also as a fan. I mean, it'd be really fun to watch that. Let me throw one wild card team I out love there. It. Bring it. Um, this is like Hail Mary. I'm betting a like plus 50,000 odds. Maybe not even that much. <laughs> Dude, is Jerry Jones just going to sit on the sidelines? <laughs> Seriously. Do you think, imagine? So think about this. They have not reached out to Dak Prescott. Yeah, it's kind of weird. McCarthy has yet to talk to him. Your starting quarterback. This was a couple weeks ago the report came out. But, like, something's up there. Mm-hmm. I I definitely feel like if they thought he was the guy, Jerry would have paid him yeah. already. Um, you look at the team, 
and McCarthy comes in, you hire him for a vision and for what he projects for the next five years. That's that's what you do when you hire a head coach. If McCarthy comes in and says, I don't think that's the guy, don't pay this guy, you know, 90 million guaranteed. I think Jerry's got to listen. And let's be honest, like, He's not going to be around forever. Like no, yeah, he wants the a title thing. now. He's not building for a quarterback for the next 15, 20 years. He wants that championship now before he dies. And, like. ju- and just as much as like everyone's like, oh, the Raiders should be great for big for business, or he, him to go to San Diego because it would help the LA market. You like the biggest brand in the NFL. As much as I hate their guts, is the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah internationally, and everything. So you're telling me like Jerry doesn't look at it as not only a real shot to win this title, but like. I can now go sell a billion Tom Tom Brady cowboy jerseys. Yeah, you know? um, he's got. He would have the best offensive line in the league. That's a huge would, factor. Ezekiel Elliott at the running back. Zeke running back. You would have sweet receivers. You know they would keep Cooper and the defense is pretty solid. Like it's not bad. You know they need, they have some areas of concern, but they're yeah, good talent. enough. Yeah. So and again we go back to I think Tom Smart. That's a weak ass division. Redskins are horrible. Um, you know, it's going to take Rivera a few years to turn that thing around. Mm-hmm. Giants, horrible. Um, Philadelphia, you know, won that division at what, 8 and 8, 9 yeah. and 7, or whatever. Like, so, you know, they've got some issues. They got some older players on their team. I think Tom looks at it as like, I, same thing as Tennessee, is I could go to Dallas, NFC, win that division handedly, uh, 10, 12 wins, and make a name for myself. Again, talk about he'd be a god in Chicago if he won them a title. He would be a freaking monster in Texas yeah. forever. Um, uh, that, that Cowboys brand. So that's my like. Don't sleep on it. And the Cowboys could easily, you know, tag and trade Dak, you know, somewhere else. You yeah, know? exactly. Uh, <laughs> so the Brady thing is like that's the domino we need to fall for all this to click and get going. And I think we're gonna see it here pretty soon. So yeah, we'll know in a few weeks when free agency opens up. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, that's enough of football for today. But now, the thing we've been waiting for most, Chris Davis. And to watch. He, <laughs> I mean, the guy, everyone like forgot about this guy. I mean, the reality is he should be in the minor leagues at this point. He's been batting under 200 for two years in a row. And it just happens in our podcast, <laughs> our last podcast, we say, you know what? We're hopping on the Chris Davis train. And somehow he's hit three home runs in a row in three games. He's the back. guy, the guy's back. I mean, we're we're definitely a Chris Davis podcast. We are uh, the official Chris Davis. podcast. <laughs> if anyone hops on this, go back to our other episode, and you'll know that we were on it before anyone else. Yeah, I saw some beat writer <laughs> say something like, is, "Is he back?" And I was like, "No, no, sir. We are the ones leading the charge on this. You can get on our bandwagon." So Chris Davis, man, he hit another bomb. He's playing about every other game. He just goes deep, and they just take him out, or they put him in the game. He goes deep, and he's out. Just getting his spring training reps in, and like he said, he goes. A home run feels good in anything right now. Winter ball, I don't care where it is. He goes, the last two years have been that bad. But he says, I have a lot of baseball left. And he goes, and I'm coming in. And he's going for it, guys. I mean, the guy wants to make up for all his crappy play the last two years. And who knows, guys? Baseball's a rhythm game. He might have found a rhythm. and It's 74 home runs or bust. I want the, <laughs> I want the record. I want the record. Um, he's be the, like, I get, if he hits 210 this year, but he puts out 45 home runs... He's earned all of his money. He's like a normal right. major league player. What are you talking about? That is That's a, the, he can hit the same average he's been hitting. Just go deep, dude. Just keep fucking hitting bombs, and we're going to be big fans. We're on the Chris Davis train. Yeah, Chris Davis. <laughs> Official podcast of Chris Davis. Yeah, so we'll be following him in and out. The goods, the bads, probably mostly going to be goods. 
Because it's fucking Chris Davis. All I got to say is move <laughs> over Lamar Jackson. The king of Baltimore is here. He's here, baby. He's here. The comeback is here. All right, guys. Now we're going to get into our NL West preview. Um, this is a very interesting division um, from bottom to top. Even the worst projected team in the division is making moves, and they're going to stay at least interesting. I don't think they're going to be as bad as people are saying they're going to be. So the for, yeah, for, first time I'm uh, not going to declare a team fighting for the worst. <laughs> and that's just because he's a Giants fan, guys. So, <laughs> all right, guys. So the last projected team in the NL West is the San Francisco Giants, and they're projected at 68 wins this year, 68 and 94. Um, I think they're better than 68 wins. I think they um, got a lot of players back that they filled in last year. I think Farhad Zaidi is doing an amazing job grabbing players. This lineup is going to be revolving throughout the year from minor leagues to major leagues. You know, maybe players get traded. Who knows what? Um, but if some of these young guys can come up and fill in with some of these older guys not totally messing up, I don't see them, you know, losing more than 68 games or winning more than 68 games. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're in a, a top division, obviously. Um, you know, huge, huge Giants fans. I mean, obviously some of the concerns is like how much does Buster have left in the tank, right? Like he was running on fumes last year coming off the hip surgery. Like, I don't know if he bounces back a little bit and has a little bit of a fountain of youth movement here. Um, I think it's very clear and people that know me, like I am, I'm done with the Brandon belt experiment. Um, Brandon belt's interesting, man. They've, uh, I was looking at some of his stats the other day. Like, Please the, don't. No, it's weird, right? Because I'm the same as you. Because the guy will be super streaky, right? You have a month where you're like, um, if the guy just did this all the time, he'd be the best first baseman in baseball. You know, he has a super high walk rate. He actually has a pretty high hard hit percentage. And his fly ball rate's really high. So the downside for Brandon Bell has always been AT&T Park, right? Or now Oracle Park. Well, we'll but see. they've yeah. moved in the they've moved in the fences this year due to the bullpen. I just think Belt is a <laughs> he's a very good defensive player. He's going to get on base. He's just not like the mold of what you want in a first baseman, right? Like he's mm-hmm. going to hit 240, 250, maybe get you close to 20 home runs. Like that just doesn't do it for me, man. Like we just I mean, we just talked about like half jokingly Chris Davis, like someone who hits 210 and 40 home runs, I would take that over 240 um and 20 home runs. And 20 yeah. You know, like, it's just the game and the way it's changed. Like, I don't know, man. I, I'm just, like, this is so long now with with Belt. Um, Belt was good when he had a lot of hitters around him because he got on base a lot, right? Yeah, like, if, and he could run the base as well exactly. back when he was younger. If so Brandon, he was very productive If then. Brandon Belt is a seven hitter on your team, mm-hmm. you're in a really good spot. If Brandon Belt is in your three, four, or five spot, you've got a lot of issues. I think he's a great trade chip this year. Right, because honestly, the Giants actually go to the playoffs. He's at the end of his contract. Yeah, it's starting to run. And out. again, that seventh, eighth spot in the lineup, you know, your quality defensive first baseman, he draws walks. I mean, a team that's contending will pay for him. Yeah, I, they just have a lot of guys. Like it, for me as a Giants fan, this is like the absolute um, position I take. If you're not in it to win it and like go for it, you need to be developing the young players. Mm-hmm. And I look at this roster with with Buster. Longoria. Now his contract is obviously the biggest reason why he hasn't been traded. But Longoria, um, Crawford, they brought Pence back. Like they've got Cueto, who's a good starter. Samarja. Pence, I know he had a you know comeback year or whatever with the Rangers last year. We have to remember most of the time he was DHing because yeah. he's old uh, and he's in the AL. I think he was actually a good fit for that. I but would back be, in NL, yeah, playing dude, the outfield. I don't know, stealing and, that bathroom from people. It's terrible. I think the challenge is like. 
I, I know this is not going to happen, but they have some really high-level prospects that are like right on the cusp of coming up with uh, Helio Ramos. Yep. They've got um, you know Joey Bart, who's one of the top prospects in the minors. They've got um, Mauricio Dubon, who they said you know could be the next Fernando Tatis. And they said he'll probably be up this year. They said he probably will be up at the beginning of this year at second base, which I'm actually I'm really looking forward to seeing a young guy on the Giants. Well, that's what I mean. Like you've got Yaz at the top, you know, projected to lead off. Let's get some infusion of youth in this lineup and get these guys going. Like I would be completely fine as a fan, not just of the Giants, but any team like you know, we kind of hit on the Orioles and the Devil, you know, some of those teams that like they know they're not competing for a championship, but Let's take our lumps now with some of these young kids and get them ready for 2021, 2022. You know, I just, the problem is like some of these contracts are just, you know, insane. They need some of these older vets to get off to a good start. So there's some Mm -hmm. value there um, and they can move on from some of these guys. But I'm with you. I'm hoping by like July 4th, we see Dubon and Bart and some of those guys up and playing. Um, Yeah. That that would just draw me to watching these games. Yeah. What I am looking forward to with the Giants is. Zaidi's plan, right? Like he's gonna be platooning guys. So for the first time ever, Giants fans, you're gonna be seeing Brandon Crawford platooned. Mm-hmm. He is gonna play 110 games this year. He yeah. is gonna take off 50 games this year, right? Dubon's gonna get a lot. Yeah, Yomer Sanchez is gonna come up. Donovan Solano, they're gonna be playing these guys. And the, and the thing is, Crawford and Belt against lefties, it's it's their kryptonite. And they've played 162 game years for what eight years now. Yeah. So you're going to see guys like Belt and Crawford getting platooned. So their numbers, I do think, are going to look a lot better, just like what Zaidi did with the Dodgers. Yeah. When you can platoon them correctly and you can actually use analytics and put these guys in the right situations, I do think they'll do very well. Now, when you got like Wilmer Flores, right? the guy hammers lefties. If you do fantasy baseball, you know he is a lefty killer. And he plays first base. So you're going to yeah. see Wilmer Flores playing a lot of first base when Belt is sitting and vice versa. So I like that already. Um, Dubon's going to be playing shortstop for Crawford every now and again. I mean, I do love this a lot. Um, Joey Bart, unfortunately, is going to fall to that arbitration rule. Yeah. They're going to wait until the arbitration date goes by. Then they're going to bring him up, yeah. which I hope they do. I hope they don't wait a whole year. But in six years, we're going to be having that conversation Chris Davis or Chris Bryan is having. Chris God, Davis is in my head, man. He's in my head. You love um, Chris Bryant fell to this year, right? Yeah. So, and Joey Bart is going to be a stud. The guy's crushing in spring training right now. Um, so he's going to fall to that. But the Giants are going to be fun to watch. The rotation, I think, is with Cueto. Cueto's always solid. Even though he's coming off Tommy John, he's never been a guy to throw at 97 past you anyways. Yeah. He's going to throw like eight different pitches and deceive you. Zaidi's waiting for a chance. And, he, and I, again, I'm with you. I think in one year's time, he's completely turned over the minor leagues. He is making a lot of deals behind the scenes. Uh, guys like Jalen Davis and some of those guys like, they just didn't have in this farm system for a long time. So it's a process, right? Like you got to kind of trust it and it's going to be a three, four year turnover. Um, they put a ton of money into their Dominican, um, you know, facilities and signing international players for the first time. So yeah, this team's not going to be, you know, anywhere near a playoff team this year. And that's fine. I just want to see them develop some of these young guys. Yeah. Which would be fun to watch as a fan, um, which we haven't seen in a while. Um, so then the next team we got is the Colorado Rockies. They are projected at 77 wins. So 77 and 85. I think this team is, you look at their lineup and their bullpen and another bullpen, but their starting rotation and they look solid, but that's what we said last year. 
Yeah, you know, the Rockies and... <laughs> just feel like they're going to be the same team every year. You know, <laughs> like they're they're pitchers, right? I mean, John Gray, Marquez, or Marquez, Freeland, Sensatella, <laughs> Hoffman. I mean, these guys are good pitchers. The problem is they're in Colorado. Yeah, and that really hurts them. Um, and when their bats aren't doing what they need to be doing, and there's been talks about Nolan Arenado being traded. You know, that's crazy. They you, just you, signed him that massive deal. You just don't win consistently or like move on from a you know a first ballot hall of famer in Arnado. I mean he's yeah. like in his prime and you have him what are you really getting in return for that guy like you're gonna get a, a bunch of prospects but what 20 percent of those guys even make it to the bigs that you're gonna mm-hmm. pull back and you know one prospect is gonna turn into like a good player but is that one player even gonna like sniff Nolan Arnado? yeah like come on like don't move on from him you know the the Red Sox had their reasons for moving on from Met, from uh, Mookie, but they're gonna reload and go after it again here shortly. Like you watch Colorado, like are they just they're just content being middle of the road and like getting to a wild card game and getting knocked so out. So it's interesting you say that because just for some reason the stat is here. Um, they had the sixth highest attendance in Major League Baseball last year. That's crazy. You know, so they got a strong fan base, and sometimes you know. The fans are high on, like, no matter what, the organization doesn't mm-hmm. go for it, you know? The- I, I think this team can be fine, you know? Like, <clears throat> story's really good. Um, you know, Arnado, Blackman, obviously, are legit. Daniel Murphy at first base can be fine. McMahon's young. This team will be fine. Like, I think this team and the Giants are going to be right around 500 and, you know, be competitive. But, yeah, I, I just don't know. I mean, if they trade Arnado, like, yeah. well, what are you thinking? It comes down to their pitching. You know, I feel like they got the guys there, but they all had down years last year, especially at Coors Field. So. But, again, yeah, like you're, you're a, a five ERA in Colorado is, like, really good. Right. Yeah, like it's crazy. <laughs> totally. So, um, we'll see how they do. I mean, they're definitely – people say they're an advantage, but I think playing in Colorado is a huge disadvantage in baseball. Um, so – then we go to the Arizona Diamondbacks. They are at 79-83, and 83, so barely projected over um, the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they got the Marte boys uh, at the top. You know, Sterling Marte uh, from Pittsburgh. You know, you got Cattell. Um, Escobar is a really good player. Peralta. Christian Walker was, yeah. you know, hitting dingers uh, last year. Um Cole and, Calhoun put out, I think, uh, upper 20s, 30 home runs for the Angels last year. Yeah, and, you know, they act, bombs. and Carson Kelly at the catcher position is going to, you know, add some power at the back end of that lineup. So this team, you know, can hit a little bit. Um, obviously, they got they play in the humidor down in Arizona. And, you know, um, I like what they did with their pitching staff. You know, they, they, they got rid of Granke, but they added Mad Bum this year. You know, who knows what he's got kind of left. You know, he is a guy who's just going to show up and deliver, but we definitely saw the production tail off, you know, in the last year or two in San Francisco. Um, Robbie Ray is a good pitcher. Robbie Ray, uh, interesting, you know, especially for fantasy. I read something. He, um, three years, he's gotten over 220 Ks in less than 175 innings. Yeah, he's a good pitcher, man. You know, the guy can get strikeouts. Uh, Mad Bum, obviously, you know, he's going to log a lot of innings for you, right? Like, yeah. that's the big drop, Bumgarner. He, he might get you that four ERA. He might. But he's going to throw for 215 yeah, minimum he's, innings. Yeah, he's going to be a, a horse for you. Um, you know, Mike Leak. Mike you know, Leak's their five guy. I mean, the guy, he still produces. Yeah. <laughs> he, he logs in. He's so, a great five guy. They'll be all right. I think this division is, like, very middle of the road. 
and obviously until you get to the top. But yeah. I think you're gonna see Arizona right there, you know, maybe a little bit better than the Giants and Rockies, but I don't you know, I see him right around five hundred. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um yeah, we'll see if Kettle Marti can uh, replicate what he did last year and Eduardo Escobar as switch hitters. Because um, last year they obviously broke through the ceiling, especially towards the end of the year. So we'll see if they can continue that uh, going forward. Yeah. Um, the next team we got is the San Diego Padres. They're projected at 79 wins as well. So to tie the Arizona Diamondbacks. So just like you, project, uh, you predicted, the projections are these teams are all about 500 except for the Giants. Then obviously you got the uh, Dodgers way at the top. But we got the San Diego Padres here. What do you? Uh, what are your takes on them? I mean, you've got a few star players on this lineup, right? Tatis is probably the most, if not one of the most exciting players, you know, that's young in this game. Um, the dude's just electricity. Every time he's on the field, he's in a home run. He's making a sweet defensive play. He's stealing bases. He's turning doubles into triples. Like, he's, dude, he's everything is advertised. Um, so can he make that next step or do pitchers kind of get a beat on him in the second season? Um, we'll see about that. I love that they added Tommy Fam. Yeah, you're to a big this Tommy Fam guy, dude. He's just a really good baseball <laughs> yeah, player. He is. You know, like he's gonna get you know high two seventies, two eighties. But he's like a clutch player. It seems like wherever he goes, like he was on the Cardinals, they're winning. They he was win. the Rays, they're winning. Right? Yeah. Not just it's not just him that are making them win, obviously, but to have an all around player that just clutch situational player gets you W's. Dude, he's just a really good baseball player, and then. You know, let's see Machado. You know, I, know, I mean, man. he had a really disappointing year last year after that huge, you know, contract. Um, can he get back to 30-plus home runs, 40 home runs, and just be, like, the guy in that middle of that lineup? Um, you know, they got Hosmer at first. I like that they added Profar. Um, you like that? I don't like Profar, man. I think he's, like, he keeps jumping from team to team because they keep giving him chances he's only, like, 25. I know. But like, even the something. A's were, like, Fuck this. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> They're out quick. Yeah, and so I think this team is a little bit overhyped. You know, if I had to go with, like, a young up-and-coming team, I'm taking the White Sox over these guys. Yeah, I, I know. Say, I know it's AL and L Yeah, and I think but, this team is, like, next year's White Sox, where, like, the young guys are going to be like, holy crap, these young guys are going off and their vets are going off. Yeah. Even, like, Austin Hedges, their catcher, they said he's probably one of the top defensive catchers in all of Major League Baseball. Got probably the uh, strongest arm. Uh, but he can't hit. Yeah. But they got this guy, Francisco Mejia, coming up. Um, he has been a top prospect for a couple mm-hmm. of years now, um, and he can belt the ball. Well, they've been bad for so long, right? Like, they've had high picks and been able to kind of flush this farm system. So let's see some of these guys come up and, and you know, add to this roster. Um, and their pitching staff's okay. You know, nobody, like, is... You're they're rolling. young. And they're, they're interesting. They're exciting. Like, Paddock... He's yeah, like 23. No, and he had like a 2-5 ERA last year. I mean, he is... I love the cowboy hat he wears <laughs> games. You got Lamette, um, which is really young. And they're yeah. saying that Joey Lucchesi, the, the lefty. I mean, they're saying him, he's probably one of the... In the next few years, he might be the best left-handed pitcher in baseball. For sure. These guys so, could either come out and be very mediocre, or they could come out and just kind of feed off one another and be like really good starters. So yeah. What I love about this team the most, though, like, yeah, Kirby Yates is their closer, mm-hmm. and he was amazing last year. And then they picked up Emilio Pagan. And Emilio Pagan, that trade, they traded Margot, mm-hmm. right, for him. He was a top closer last year as well. So now he's just going to be another closer for them in the bullpen. Drew Pomeranz had a huge year last year once he went to the bullpen. Yeah. You know, he got out of that starting role, went to a mid-relief role, and the guy's ERA was like under two. Yeah. The guy was elite. Um, so I really, really like their pitching staff and their bullpen, especially on San Diego, right? They got that big old... 
Petco Park. Yeah. It's not easy to hit bombs there. No, it's not. You know, and uh, it's not like there's any altitude in San Diego. I think they're actually below sea level down yeah. there. Yeah. Unfortunately <laughs> for the Padres, they just happen to play, you know, like the rest of these teams in the division with, I mean, probably chalk them up in the World Series. Yeah. They should. I mean, it, the Dodgers, It's it, they don't get a ring, you know, um, even though the commissioner says the trophies aren't important. Um, <laughs> Hunk of metal. It's, it's nothing. Uh, you know, they, their season's a disappointment. Yep. So, um, so yeah, moving right on to the next team, and that is the uh, Dodgers. Now, obviously, they've been probably the best team on roster on the roster for the last what four years. When you actually yeah. look at their roster, you go, oh, "They're the best team." You know, even over like the Yankees this year, you can say that about them. For sure, <laughs> goddamn they're, good. They're, it's ridiculous. They're right there. I mean, this was a team that was like what one game away from the World Series, and then they went ahead and added Mookie Betts um, yeah. and David Price. Like, I mean, look at this projected lineup. Just Mookie Betts to lead off, Max Muncie two, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, AJ Pollock, Corey Seager, uh, Will Smith the catcher, and then Gavin Lux. And then you still, you know, who knows what they're going to do with them, but then you have Jock off the bench. To... Kiki Hernandez, yeah. Chris Taylor, Austin Barnes at catcher, which is their normal catcher, so he'll be subbing in with Will Smith. Their lineup is ridiculous. Yeah, Gavin Lux is like the top prospect in big leagues right yeah. now, and it looks like he's going to hit eight or ninth on this team. You know, so if that kid can be half of what's advertised, like, good lord. Yeah, and then you go to their um, their rotation. Walker Bueller. I mean, he is a Walker Bueller. 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 Um, they're saying he's going to be like the next Clayton Kershaw. Dude, he's, like he is the man. He's right? legit. And then yeah, you still got Kershaw at the top. And Kershaw will be a great regular season guy, right? Especially as if he's getting, uh, he might not be giving your eight nine inning games, but he's going to give you your six seven innings. And he's been like Grinky the last few years, right? Just being a stud, just not a horse with innings like uh, yeah. he used to be. And and price, I mean, same pr- thing. Price is fine. And you know, a new and a gonna... new scenery, right? Going out to California. I mean, the he thing, even talked about the other the day. The thing is with this lineup, like you don't need like aces coming out every game to keep teams yeah. from under two runs like this team's gonna average like the yankees like five six seven runs a game you know i that would be my guess mm-hmm. and they're just gonna smash so it's like can this pitching staff just keep them in games and then you've obviously got the closer whose name's slipping me right now kenley jansen jansen who's one of the top closers in the game so it's like they're top to bottom yeah and they got joe kelly blake training they picked up from the a's yeah, Ross Stripling's in their bullpen. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're top to bottom set up to win it all. Um, you know, we'll see if they can stay out of their own way. And, you know, I, I think this team's going to, you know, blow by 100 wins. They should, at least, in this division. Um, can they deliver in, in October? You know, that's, that's the question. Let's see if they get cheated out of another one, huh? <laughs> another, another major scandal, the Dodgers, which, being a Giants fan, I would not mind. No, so. not at all. Um so, is there any other NL West things you want to talk about here? I think we've pretty much covered all of it. Yeah, man. I think it's pretty clear cut. I think you get the Dodgers at the top. They are the class of the division and the National League. And then you've got a bunch of teams that are, you know, trying to figure themselves out. They're going to be middle of the road, going to be competitive. They're going to take some series here and there. And, you know, I think we can kind of chalk this one. This is one of the easiest divisions to be Yeah, and I, th- and I think one of the more interesting things in this division, at least, is almost nothing to do with baseball. It's the Giants moving in their stadium. And they're moving in their stadium in the outfield. In the outfield, they're moving the bullpen out to center field. Changing the stadium. Changing the stadium. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. not moving the stadium. They're moving the outfield of the stadium. Yep. Um, I've been to God knows how many Giants games. Over 100 in my life. And how many times a ball has hit off that center field wall or the track out there in center field, I couldn't even tell you. Mm-hmm. It happens multiple times a game. Those are all going to be home runs. Yeah. People think, oh, it's only 10 feet. 
Well, I'm sorry, but 10 feet in baseball is a lot. Yeah. It's, <laughs> right? it's a big difference. That 421 corner with triples alleys, I think, is going all the way to like 410. Yeah. Especially because they play so many night games with that fog rolling in mm-hmm. that just kills the ball. You know, that extra 10, 15 feet is going to make a huge difference. You know, hopefully, um, it's funny. Like, I don't know how much it will affect the Giants because they just <laughs> don't have a lot of power. But opposing teams are going to come in and, and have a big difference, I think. Yeah, I think that whole thing where it was a negative shift for batters in um, Oracle Park is definitely going to change for this season. Big time. All right, guys. Well, that is our show for today. That's our NL West uh, preview. Next episode, we'll be getting into the NL Central and uh, talking more headlines. The Combine will be all finished by then, so we'll be able to kind of go in depth on that a little bit more. Hopefully, something develops in free agency, and uh, we'll give you some good headlines. Cool. All right, guys. Peace out. Later.